golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club and Will Perry. And as you know, Will wants you to like us on Facebook and Twitter at the Golf Insiders. Well, gentlemen... Make Holly G's day, as in Jason Day, as in my pick for the Players' Championship. Get your wallets out. Come on. I'm not paying you anything. No way. You had three picks, so you had a 33% chance of winning any one of those. I guess everybody deserves their five seconds to gloat, so (laughs) by all means. How about that tournament on the weekend? Want to get your thoughts, Kevin? You're a... Player who's competed in a lot of tournaments. Uh, yeah, how about the way those greens were rolling on Saturday? Yeah, I think it was phenomenal. I thought Friday and Saturday uh, was a lot of fun for the fans. You know, they got to see a lot of birdies. Um, something happened between Friday and Saturday with the PGA Tour and the TPC, and they decided, well, we're going to make this a little bit harder on everybody. So uh, I, w- I saw a stat on Sunday where. The first two rounds, they were a combined minus 272. And then Saturday alone, for the people who made the cut, were plus 273 on greens that were rolling at 13 on the stint meter. I mean, that is just, what they did to those greens was incredible. It was like putting on glass. Well, as the PGA Tour uh, stated, uh there was a perfect storm on Saturday between the uh, lack of humidity, the little bit of, I guess, wind, sea breeze, whatever, and the fact that, as you were mentioning uh, before we went on air, you know, they double rolled them in between finishing the round Saturday morning and p- putting the players out. Um, right. You know, and then, of course, I think some pin placements that, you know, hey, it's the players' championship. They're setting the course up as tough as possible, but maybe became a little borderline given the conditions. Right. And plus, you can suck all that moisture from um, the the systems that they have in those greens there. So I think that how they went from green on Thursday and Friday to brown on Saturday and Sunday, I think they had to have, like, tweaked that system a little bit, sucked some some moisture out of there to get those things nice and fast and rolling at speeds that were... Uh, I mean, I I played in a Canadian Tour qualifier where they were rolling at 14 at Champions Gate, so I know exactly how fast that 13 was. Those were incredible. you got to have light hands and leave the putter cover on. Well, you know, a lot of the players were saying they were, you know, putting really 
just to get it close. And as we saw, some um, crazy putts coming back. Uh, Sergio six putting. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it it got a little. Uh, I think it got a little frustrating out there for the guys. Yeah, we'll get him Dr. Bob Winters' uh, phone number, and he can he can talk to Dr. Bob Winters and about the yips. And Ken but, Duke having no problem on Saturday. How about Ken? Yeah, Ken Duke taking it low, seven under sixty seven. It could have been lower. I think he uh, he had that round going early, and uh, then just started making some pars late. But seven under sixty five, the, the the definitely the round of the week. Yeah, he he didn't even start his third round on the front nine. So as he was coming through to finishing his 18th hole, I think there were, I don't know, six people in the stands as he was quietly posting uh, right. an amazing score. Which yeah, he a, finished on nine. Right, which yeah. a lot a lot of players thought, you know, should should be the course record given the conditions. Mm-hmm. Of course, the 63s that were shot, you know, earlier in the week. But um, wow, what uh, it, it was an incredible round of golf. Yeah, and how about Will Wilcox's hole-in-one on 17, the first one since 2002, and Miguel Angel Jimenez, the the most interesting man in golf. Yeah, Will was pretty excited about that. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, there were a couple of fist pumps and uh, I, I I think a, a, a pretty pretty uh, long jump in the air after he after he did that and then of course we we watched some of the disaster of you know <laughs> 17 is all about the train wrecks of course and uh it was tough to to see uh, some of the Russell Knox yeah he Russell Knox three balls in the water on 17 i think tiger can relate to that did you see him yesterday three three jacked it into the water at um the quick and loans media day yeah uh, i'm thinking Somebody may be looking for a new job. Whoever had Tiger go straight from the press conference to <laughs> to the tee, you know, he didn't he look could, too happy. No, he could have like he could have made it really funny though. He could have, you know, put him in there and then turned to the crowd and said, "Oh, it looks like I need more club." Taking a nine iron and then just pumped it over the green. That would have been pretty hilarious. At least he would have been. I don't know. I feel like he was like, "Well, I needed to warm up and uh, I'm a little tight and it's not like the 95 degree weather I'm used to in Florida." So it just sounded like a bunch of excuses. I would have just taken the nine iron out and just pumped it about 130 yards over the green. Jordan Spieth and Phil Mickelson missing the cut at the players. Pretty surprised at Jordan. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, uh, maybe the Masters is a little more in his head than he likes to lead on. This week, being back in his hometown at the Byron Nelson will definitely um, bring back some good mojo, but... I think maybe at the players, uh, I think the Masters and all the media attention that it had gotten maybe played a little bit into that. Um, how about yourself? Well, he had, you know, to answer those tough questions. That was his first time back since the Masters. And, you know, that just kind of goes with the territory, I think. Uh, maybe, you know, for a few moments we saw it get under Jordan's skin a little bit. But, um, you know, I... I will be interesting to see how he plays sort of in his comfort zone yeah. amongst the hometown crowd and, and not, where it all got started for him in 2010 when right. he was 16. 16, and he made the cut. But, you know, I mean, it's not for a lack of um, watching putts fall. I mean, he was playing with Jason Day in the first two days of the players, and Jason set the 36-hole record for under par at the TPC. I mean, he got to see birdie after birdie after birdie, so... You know, maybe Jason, uh, I don't know, maybe he's nervous playing with him. I doubt it, but who knows? Well, we're uh, going to go to the Byron Nelson. Talk to Bob Herrick from ESPN. 
coming up next is we've got a lot of golf talk tonight as we're uh, wrapping up the Players' Championship. Stay with us. The Golf Insiders 96.9. The game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Gulf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club and Will Perry. Like us on Facebook. And Twitter at the Golf Insiders. Today is National Golf Day. Happy National Golf Day. We are golf, a coalition of golf's leading organizations hosting its ninth annual National Golf Day on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. A number of golf's top organizations and leaders there uh, discussing golf's economic, environmental charitable and fitness benefits to congressional executive branch and agency leaders. They're there uh, forwarding the conversation about uh, golf and its contribution to local communities and millions of Americans. So hats off to all of those up there making it happen for National Golf Day. And we'll delay no longer and go to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com to Get his thoughts on the Players' Championship. And my pick last week, Bob, Jason Day, hoisting the crystal. Very good, Holly. As you know, I took Henrik Stenson. He missed the cut by a mile. It was ugly. I was thinking of you. (laughs) What do I know? (laughs) What happened to Henrik? I'm really surprised. You know, he could be such a streaky player. Yeah, but not that bad. I don't know what happened there. That was bizarre. I mean, he... Uh, on a course that everybody was tearing up. I mean, he was way over par. And you would and, think, uh, especially with his, you know, his irons, his iron play, right? I mean. Absolutely. I guess it just goes to show you, though, if you're a little bit off at that place, you know, it uh, it doesn't matter if the course is so-called set up easy. Um, you know, it's still going to be demanding. And that I think it kind of, like, points out just how good Jason Day really was. You know that a guy like Henrik Stenson would struggle to that to that degree, and uh, there was Jason Day, fifteen under par through thirty six holes, setting a, a scoring record. Well, as we talked about last week, the thing about the TPC is it really doesn't favor anybody's game. And as I look at the final uh, leaderboard, it's reflective of that when you see the uh, mix of names in the top ten here. Of course, Kevin Chapel having a strong finish, Justin Thomas. Uh, Matt Kuchar finishing in third with Colt Nost and Ken Duke. Hello, 47-year-old Ken Duke. And Francisco Molinari, who uh, had a great tournament. Hideki Matsuyama, Graham McDowell, Daniel Berger. How about that list? It really is sort of a, a, um, you know, a big mixture of styles of play and ages. You know, obviously Jason Day is a long ball hitter and he can crush it. Uh, Hideki hits it far. Not a great putter, uh, but Jason putted great. Uh, then you got Graham McDowell, who's not a, a long hitter, and he shot two scores in the 60s on the weekend. 
when not very many people did that. I mean, Jason Day didn't even do that on the weekend. So um, it really does not favor anyone. And, um, you know, they, they, they had some difficulties on Saturday. They had a weather. That, that added another element. Um, you know, I just think it all kind of adds up to why it's uh, regarded as a really good tournament. Uh, a little bit of controversy, some low scoring, some high scoring. And uh, at the end, the number one player in the world wins. Yeah, tell tell me inside the ropes here what was going on as the players were you know coming off the course on Saturday. There were some reports that a, a number of the comments would have to be bleeped out for media coverage. But I, I mean, all in all, you know, was it a little bit of grousing? What was your take? Well, I think I think they had a legitimate gripe um, in this case. Uh, the, the condition of the greens is the reason why they're they're being replaced as we speak um and uh their 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 conditioning was such that they really couldn't let them get hard and fast the first two days or they were going to lose them and on the third day it appears that they they decided to go ahead and and uh you know push it to the edge a little bit they rolled them it sounds like more than once and they were expecting uh, no wind and, 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 you know, the normal humidity, which means there would be some moisture in the greens. Well, the humidity was down on Saturday. Uh, it, the wind was, you know, 15 to 20 miles an hour at times, which meant that it dried out. I think they put the pins in some trickier spots, and all that added up to some, you know, some comedy on, on the greens. I mean, I mean, it's just not a, it's not a, a, a situation where, where they're complaining when you have that many players making double bogeys, three putting. I mean, it was way out of the norm for, for the first two days and even the last day. So I think they had some, they had some legitimate concerns there. It sounds like there was just nothing to stop the ball in the greens. There was no friction at all in the grass. There's nothing. And, and, uh, you know, it wasn't that difficult for a putt to get away from you. And if you were on the wrong side of the pin, uh, good luck. You know, we saw it in numerous cases. So um, that was a little bit unfortunate. And it would have been really, really bad if Jason Day had, had been, you know, uh, a guy who, who really got in, in some bad spots and, and took like, you know, 38 putts or something like that, because obviously he was playing well. And then uh, the conditions completely changed. He did have a four putt. And, you know, he shot 73, which actually kept a bunch of people in the tournament. So, uh, but as it turned out, it was a really good 73, and uh, uh, he weathered that storm. He managed to to, to keep it together despite, uh, you know, the difficulties. And, and having a four-shot lead going into Sunday really helped. Yeah, it just shows, too, how important it is in those kinds of conditions to not get ahead of yourself uh, because you never know what, you know, the rest of the field is is going to end up doing it. And in that, this case, like you said, the 73 turned out to be a good 73. And he, again, starting out on Sunday, not having probably his best stuff on the front nine, uh, but, you know, making that birdie on 10 really seemed to, you know, then give him the, you know, put the, put the pedal to the metal a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, closing it out. He had gotten down to two shot lead there through nine holes. It missed five straight greens and, you know, I think if the guys chasing him were a little bit more seasoned, you know, they have their own nerves to deal with. 
you know, it might have been a little bit tougher if it was somebody else right there, like a Rory or a, um, you know, Jordan or a Ricky Fowler or, you know, Bubba or, you know, some, you know, another top 10 player. You had some guys chasing him who haven't had a lot of success and they're battling their own nerves and their own problems. So, um, you know, he was fortunate in that. He also made a really big putt on the, on the ninth hole uh, to avoid a double. And, uh, and, and you know, he had had some trouble there. Um, that kept the lead to two. And then, as you said, he went and birdied the tenth hole, and, and it was, nobody ever got within three again. So, and he played a great back nine. He played a couple under par and, you know, uh, just uh, really, really solid golf to win the tournament. And Rory finishing uh, tied for 12th with Adam Scott, uh, amongst uh, several others, including Retief Goosen. Retief, mm-hmm. uh, there on the front nine, pouring in some birdies. Look like he might give him a challenge. Yeah. Who who would have thunk that? Shinnecock. Yeah. Made people remember Shinnecock in 04 with those brutal greens where he won. And uh, he putted beautifully. He played pretty good on Saturday and Sunday to, to give himself a chance. So, um, yeah, you know, at Rory, again, he's playing a lot better at, at, at TPC Sawgrass, but still the course kind of gives him some fit. And, um, you know, he's gone a long time now without winning. He's trying to get back on track. And, and Jason Day has sort of separated himself in the rankings from Jordan, from Jordan and Rory. What do you think's going on for Rory? Because he seems... He seems like he's playing better than his scores are showing. I mean, you know, he made a lot of good putts on Sunday. They just, you know, weren't dropping. You know, what's your take? Well, a lot of people put it on the putting, but really what I think is he's not playing He's not playing very well from 125 yards in. Um, you know, the, the, the wedge shot game, uh, you know, the, the full or three-quarter wedges. Uh his stats for that from 100 to 125 and from 75 to 100 are way down, like in the 160 range of the PJ Tour. And that suggests that, you know, when he, gets in, when he gives himself the advantage that he possesses with his, with his long game, he's not taking advantage. He's not hitting it close enough, uh, you know, for, with a wedge in his hand to, if, if he's that far, if he's that far down the list, that means he's, you know, he's, He's 100 yards out, and he's hitting it to 30 feet a lot. And, you know, you're not going to be expected to make 30-footers. From 100 yards, a, a pro figures probably six, seven out of ten times he's going to knock it inside of ten. Once in a while, he'll knock it to five. At the worst, maybe 15 or 20. Makeable putts, all of them, you know. And and that's where the scoring comes in. And I just don't think Roy's done a good job of that. He's, he's um, His distance control with those clubs has been off. He even admitted as much on Friday, and uh, and then, you know, Friday was a day where he, he he shot 64 and was disappointed. He should have shot 62. He he came to the last hole, uh, the ninth hole, his ninth, with a, a birdie chance to shoot 62 in a course record, and he, and he had a 90-yard shot in that he left short and then didn't get that up and down for par, ends up making a bogey, and a really good day turned sour. I mean, he was about as mad as a guy could be for shooting 64. So I think that's what's going on with him. You know, he keeps having a bad hole or a bad stretch of holes, and, and uh, you know, there's no mercy out there anymore. You're, you're just not going to be able to get away with it. Uh, there's always going to be somebody who's, uh, who's got it going, and, and last week it was Jason Day.
We're talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Jordan Spieth misses the cut. Uh, any comments from Jordan after uh, he finished the round on Saturday? Well, he admitted that he's probably been a little too hard on himself. He also admitted that his putting was off. Uh, he thinks his putting will come around. It's just not the same as it was. He, I noticed a lot of times him walking after a putt. You know, meant he hit the ball and he's walking after it means he, he knew right away he missed it. So there, uh, that's maybe due to you know having not having played since the Masters and now he's in a run of playing four straight. And uh, I have a feeling he'll get that dialed in and and he needs to probably just relax a little bit. I don't get the sense he's trying to make up for the Masters. I believe him when he says that. Uh, but, um, you know, the other side of it is, is last year he missed the cut at the players also after he won the Masters, and then he went on to win the U.S. Open. Uh, uh, you know, he's one bad hole away from winning the Masters again, and I'm not sure I'd put too much into him into him missing the cut at the players. Uh, uh, you know, guys go through ruts, and uh, it happens to the best of them, and, and, uh, and, and it happened there Jordan. You know, um, I was watching, you know, he's back home. He's back at the uh, AT&T Byron Nelson Classic in his hometown. And uh, obviously we've all seen the video of him hitting the uh, the flop shot with the marshmallow. Do you think him being back home is bringing back all those? I, I, I said at the top of the hour that maybe it's going to bring back some good mojo for him. Do you think he's going to, like, relax a little bit, have some fun? I mean, the guy's got nothing to lose being back in his, uh, his, his place of uh, business right there in uh, Texas. I don't think it can hurt. I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt to be staying at home and, you know, commuting to the golf course and not having to travel this week. And, you know, really he'll have the same thing next week at the Colonial. It'll be a little farther drive, but still at least, you know, he's in his own bed. He's not in an airport. He's not doing all that stuff. And, um, you know, this is a tournament that means a lot to him. It's, the, you know, it's where he went to watch pro golf as a kid. It's where he played as a 16-year-old. Uh, it's just six, six years ago. People remember, you know, he had a great run as an amateur. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he dearly loved to win it. I don't think it hurts at all that, uh, you know, he's he's getting to play in some familiar surroundings. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it might be just the thing he needs to, to kind of get back on track. I think it'd be really good for him if he could get in contention. I don't think he has to win. I think it's asking a lot for to expect somebody to just go out and win a tournament. But, uh, you know, getting back in the mix again, I think, is the next step. Well, the Byron Nelson uh, has some some key players playing this week. Uh, Matt Kuchar, who had a good run there at the end at the players. Uh, Zach Johnson, Dustin Johnson in the field, Jason Duffner, um, Brent Snedeker. Who, who are you picking this week, Bob, before we let you go? Well, I actually went with Jordan this week. Even though I'm not convinced he'll win, I just felt like, hey, um, if ever there's a time, the guy has shown an amazing ability to to channel his frustration in a good way. And you know after missing the cut, um, all that's been said about the Masters, uh, that uh, being back at home, you you know he's going to be pretty motivated this week. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean he'll get it done, but I I sort of like his chances to do well. Great pick. We'd all like to see Jordan bounce back. Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Thanks always for your time. Check him out. ESPN.com, one of the best in the business. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back.
Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It good to just make a We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club and Will Perry tweeting away and uh, pushing everything out on Facebook to all our listeners. And we'll waste no time going to a man that worked awfully hard last week and weekend. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel to get his thoughts on the big victory by Jason Day at the Players' Championship. Todd, this man's stock is just going up and up. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. You look at the last, well, two and a half years now, and in 2014 was the year of Rory McIlroy. If you remember, he won the Bridgestone Invitational. He won the Open Championship. He won the PGA Championship at Valhalla, and he was the PGA Tour Player of the Year. Then we follow it up in 2015 with Jordan doing that incredible run that he he was in all four majors. He won two of them. He won the FedEx Cup. Uh, historic numbers on the PGA Tour as far as money goes and, and so on. And now it's Jason Day's turn. <laughs> and so he's doing it as well. So it's, it's interesting how the power, at least the last two and a half years, has shifted annually. Um, so I don't know who's going to, what's going to happen in 2017 or who's going to step up if one of those other three, um, can do it, but it, it, it's interesting run by Jason. I mean, it's a really strong run actually. Yeah. Uh, in he's, the, he's become a dominant closer in my opinion. Yeah. In the midst of all that, right. Seven wins in his last 17 events. Um, you know, as a lot of people are saying, you know, starting to look tiger-esque and also getting a lot of good advice from tiger as well. Yeah, and, and, you know, there are two people that have influenced Jason to become the player that he is on the golf course right now. One is Tiger Woods in an indirect way and in a direct way. In an indirect way, when you go back to Jason's childhood, he lost his father at the age of 12 to stomach cancer. He became unruly. He had lost a disciplined figure in his house. Um, he was drinking at the age of 13. He was involved in fights and gangs. Um, and his mother saw the writing on the wall, and she was, and God bless her, she saved enough money, got a, got a second mortgage on the house, and sent him to this boarding school. And at this boarding school, Jason picked up this book that was written by Tiger Woods on how to play like Tiger and how to beat Tiger Woods. And this is when Tiger was in his prime. And that inspired Jason, who had been playing golf at the time, but not to the level that he was an all-world junior, but to work on his game and try to be like Tiger. Well, there at that boarding school was his now caddy, Cole Swatton, who was the golf coach there. And Cole, for, you know, for better or worse, became his father figure. Actually, for better. I shouldn't say for worse. And... Uh, I mean, Cole, Cole saved his life. Yeah. I mean, he could. I mean, he could be in jail or he could be dead right now. And now they're together out here, and it's, it's Jason calls him his right arm. He can't do anything without him. And now Tiger, he's indirectly helping him out as a kid by writing that book and, and having it there for Jason as he was growing up. 
now directly is helping him, uh, advising him and mentoring him. Yeah, now he's made $5.5 million this year and is number one on the FedEx points list. I mean, like we said, seven of the last 17, how much would he like to go back and play Augusta again just to, <laughs> I mean, I know he finished top 10, but God, he's on such a roll. I'd love to see him go back and play Augusta uh, it, the way he hit it this past weekend at TPC. Yeah, you know, and he, I mean, you can't win them all, but still seven of 17. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, that's you know, you, you bet forty some percent right there, and I, I want to go back to last year um, when he made that incredible run, and that started really at the RBC Canadian Open. There are two putts in Jason's life I think that have changed his career. The first one was the one he missed on the seventy-second hole at St Andrews last year. If you remember, he was a rotation away from being in a playoff. And ultimately, Zach Johnson won. He he was disgusted and frustrated that he left that putt to get into the playoffs short. short. The next week, he played the RBC Canadian Open. Same scenario. There he was with an opportunity on the 72nd hole to win, and he knocks it in. And I think that ignited everything for him. Uh, and one, in my opinion, wouldn't have happened without the other. So uh, that was a great thing. And when he won the PGA Championship, this is an incredible stat. Seven times prior to the PGA Championship, he had at least a share of the lead heading into Sunday. Do you know how many he converted of those seven 54-hole leads? One. One. Since the PGA Championship and his victory, he has converted his last five 54-hole leads into victories. So I think winning at Whistling Straits was a corner-turning moment for him as well. Yeah, and wire to wire at the players, pretty impressive. You know, he said, uh, I think it was Saturday in the press conference, he spoke about how much he wanted to win the Players' Championship, how much it would mean to him and the possibility of it ultimately getting him into the Hall of Fame. Were, were you surprised by that, about how, how, how hungry he was for this championship, Todd? Well, yes. I mean, I think he wants it on his resume. Um but I think a major championship or two or three or six or seven or ten <laughs> is much more important. Uh, but, I mean, if getting a major championship is priority one, winning the players is priority 1A as far as the tour player goes, especially at the level that Jason Day is playing on right now. So do you still maintain Rory at the top of that pack due to majors when we're looking at Rory, Jordan, and Jason? You're talking about for a Hall of Fame look at right now? Yes, and, and in yeah. terms of, you know, best players right now. I, I mean, Ooh. not in terms of the run that, that Day is on, but overall given Rory's so majors. If you're, asking, if you're asking me, I think I understand the question. Right now, Rory's in the Hall of Fame. Right now, in my opinion, uh, I'm pretty sure Jordan's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I think Jason, to be honest with you, He's right on the cusp. (laughs) Jordan probably is in the Hall of Fame. Jason's probably in the Hall of Fame. Roy's already in the Hall of Fame with his career. He's got four major championships. Um, If you're asking me if every one of these three players, Jason Day, Roy McIlroy, and Jordan Speed had their A game, who's the more dominant player? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. Uh a heck of a question, and I'm not just saying this because of what he is doing right now, but if injuries are an issue, I think Jason Day is better for it. Here's why. Uh, I think Rory off the tee is the best of the three. 
I think Jordan generally is the better putter of the three. But I think when it comes to complete driving, iron game, and putting, all three combined, Jason is the better of the three. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you I 100% Jason, agree. If you look at Jason's stats right now on the greens, he's putting in 2016 like Jordan Spieth putted in 2015. So I think he has the better all-around game when all three are on their A game. And other than that um, little difficulty he got into uh, on number nine Sunday, his short game, wow. Well, actually, that ninth hole probably won it for him. If he did not sink and control his emotions, if he did not sink that bogey putt after what were three really bad chips, I think that he brings everybody else in the tournament, his emotions are not gathered, and definitely he would not birdie the tenth hole, which he did. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think not only that, but then come bouncing back and making the birdie on ten, and he just you know gutted it out from there. But uh, you know, talk talk about grit and determination. He he just uh, you know, he was he was a pit bull to to hoist that crystal. <laughs> you know what else? If you don't mind me interrupting, one other thing that, about Jason and Jason has talked to me about this privately. He has a family. He's got. Two young children, his son, dad, and his daughter, Lucy, which was born in the fall. And he works so hard on his game, as do Jordan, as do Rory. But Jason does that while also juggling the balance of family. Rory's getting married, but he doesn't have any kids. Jordan has a girlfriend, so he's out and getting married. But he feels like he's got a huge advantage over those guys because he is accomplishing what he's accomplishing while also dealing with the outside-the-ropes uh, balance, as I mentioned, of having a family. And it's, it's a bit of a shock to the system when you have a family. I can tell you, i got a three-month-old. And, you know, and when, you, when Jordan and, and Rory and maybe Ricky or whomever these young kids start marrying, getting a family, getting a wife and kids and so on, I mean, it's an adjustment. And Jason is ahead of the curve in that department. He feels like he's got a huge advantage there. My co-host here, Kevin, who had a lot of game and played a lot of competitive golf, it all changed for him when he had his two boys. So oh, yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I played twice last year. But, you know, the other thing is, is look at Tiger. When Tiger was in his heyday, I mean, Tiger was practicing and playing and practicing and playing. And once he got married and had his two children, his game kind of diminished. And you saw it. Like, he just... Your priorities change, you know. I know that you probably cherish every moment when you're off from the tour and you're home with your three-month-old Todd, and it's like, I don't want to go back to the tour. You know, my priority is I want to be here with this baby nonstop, and just when they fall asleep on your chest, it's like, do I want to go out there and hit balls? No, I'd rather It's got to be tough. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, the difference in me is that unlike these guys, uh, you know, I have a job. I have guaranteed money coming in. These guys have to go out and earn it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's different for them. Yeah, as I say, golf is still the toughest sport because you still got to earn that paycheck. And uh, just a final comment, Todd. It's got to be so refreshing. I'm just listening to uh, these guys share uh, just some of their, you know, inner world uh, as a as a you know media guy. It, it's it's got to be so refreshing as to the days of Tiger when things were so buttoned up. As to the days, how about the current day? Yeah. Um, we don't know. I mean, you know, you don't know where Tiger's going to play. Uh, he's close to the vest with everything. You know, he's he's sometimes 
you know, he, he sometimes uses the media to his advantage. He's, you know, often kind of coy and, you know, you just don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's refreshing. I think it's great. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's great. I mean, you just like, I, mean, I think I mentioned this on your show a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week. The numbers don't lie. It's interesting how our golf viewership on NBC is up some close to 40% compared to last year. Wow. And this is without Tiger Woods. So I think it's I think it's fantastic, and it's great for the game. And as yeah. always, Golf Channel doing an awesome job providing so much wall-to-wall coverage of the Players Championship. And our very own Todd Lewis spending some time with us. Todd, thanks so much. You're welcome. You listen to the Golf Insiders, ninety-six-nine. The game. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with Kevin Sternett and Will Perry. Keeping things busy on Facebook and Twitter at the Golf Insiders. And it's May. It's that time of year when we start talking college golf because the NCAA Women's and Men's Championships are right around the corner. Division One Women's beginning on Monday, the 23rd. And the Men's the following week will run Monday, May 30th through Wednesday, June 1st. And we love to talk to the best guy in the business when it comes to college golf, Lance Ringler from Golf Week, to uh, give us the scoop. Hey, Lance. Hey, Holly. How you doing? We're doing awesome. So Good. the Women's Championship kicks off Friday. Uh, it's being yep. played at Eugene Country Club, which should be an awesome track. Um, Oregon. you got to love Oregon. And of course, uh, a little bit of a, of a, a snag here. If, I don't know if "snag" is the right word, but BYU is going to begin action tomorrow, which is going to be their third round because they can't play on Sunday. Yeah, they're actually yeah, they're playing tomorrow afternoon after the practice round. They're going out as singles uh, because they're not allowed to play on Sunday. So that's how the NCAA accommodated that situation. So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> and we have uh, Florida on the women's side in the top 10 rankings. Uh, so we can keep our eyes on our very own uh, Gators here in the women's uh, championship. Yeah, the, the, the Florida women's team's had a really outstanding spring season. They're actually, I, I, I actually will probably, I will have them in my top eight for sure. And uh, if they they're a team that they could they could win it all in this format, um, and and I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they were to win the national championship. They just had a really good spring. They've won a lot of tournaments. I think they've won five times this spring, and uh, they're uh, they're looking good rolling into Oregon. So after 54 holes, the 24 team field will be cut to the top 15 squads, and from there. Over the final 18, the remaining field will be whittled down to the top eight teams. Who else on the women's side are you are you keeping your eyes on? Well, obviously, it's always the West Coast uh, duo of, of uh, USC and UCLA. They're going to be awfully hard to beat, and they'll most likely be in match play. I mean, they could probably play the tournament 100 times, and they'll be 
they'll probably be left standing in that top eight. Uh, Stanford's defending national champs. I kind of think the Pac-12 schools are going to have a little bit of a advantage this year just because a lot of them played, especially on the men's side, they've played there before. And um, even though the grasses are similar, it's not like, you know, it's not like desert golf or, or something. You know, it's going to be bent grass. It's going to be um, – it's not going to be too terribly difficult for these teams to adjust uh, to, the, to, the, to the surfaces. But uh, I look, still look for the West Coast teams to probably uh, have, have better weeks than uh, maybe what they normally would if they were in the Southeast like last year at Concession. Now, is, um, is the runner-ups from last year, Baylor, the Baylor women, uh-huh. did they make it into the uh, top 24 this year? No, they didn't even make it into the top 72. They didn't oh. make the regionals. Yeah. Oh, that's too they bad had, for they them. Had an injury. One of their, they lost their best player and then one of their best players, and then they had an injury to one of their top players, so... Um, nope, they were uh, they were not even in the regionals this year. Uh, well, I'll be pulling for my uh, my favorite team, the Ohio State University. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they're there, so and they're they're a feisty team, so uh, you know they, they they could hang around. Excellent. On the men's side, interestingly, um, of course, Florida State in as well as the Florida Gators, and uh, they're ranked eleven and twelve. Um, you have a, a, an interesting mix. Uh, Texas is number one, correct? Then Illinois, Stanford, Georgia, Oklahoma State, Southern Cal, Clemson, Vanderbilt, Auburn, LSU, mix of around the country. Yeah, the, the men's side, the regionals just finished today. Actually, they just uh, wrapped up. So the twenty-four or the thirty-team field is. Uh, we now know what it is. Like uh, almost everybody in the top twenty made it. The top three seeds of each regional all advance. So the field is uh, extremely strong uh, with the top teams. Not, I mean, the best. Uh, you know, one of the. Uh, there's not many. Like I said, I think almost every team in the top twenty made it. I mean, the, so uh, the top fifteen definitely made it. So it's a really strong field. And whenever, you, whenever you have that that collection of, of quality of teams. Um, it's going to be it's any one of those you know top 15 teams or so. You wouldn't be surprised if they were to win in this format. When we know Bryson DeChambeau got uh, the huge spotlight last year as the winner in the individual uh, mm-hmm. matches, and of course you know the final rounds coming down to match play are are so exciting. Who should we be watching on the women's side and the men's side? Well, the, the women's side obviously it's it's. It's kind of, I mean, UCLA is going to be probably one of the favorites. They have the top player in the country, and a girl named by the name of Bronte Law, uh, probably going to be the unanimous selection to be player of the year. Um, so, like I said, you know, then you're going to have your Alabamas, your Dukes, your Southern Cows. And, and the, the, the fun thing about this format now is that um, once they get into that top eight, it's head-to-head match play, and it really draws in the audience. Um, and it opens, it, it, it just levels the playing field a little bit because, what we've seen so far in, in, in the championships with the men and then the one time the women used this last year is the team that's won the stroke play version of the, of the championship has never gone on to win the match play. It's, so, so they're 0 for, 0 for 8 from that standpoint. So that, that, that adds to the drama and the excitement of it. You know, on the men's side, um, only one, it's just, you know, there's so many good teams. You know, obviously Texas, Illinois, Stanford's playing really well. Um, you know, there's so many good teams right now, and it's just it's just exciting. It's hard to it's hard to predict, and, and you can't be surprised um, with, with anything that really happens because of the format. I mean, 72 holes of stroke play, and then match play. And of course, you uh, Golf Week has extensive coverage. Where can our listeners go to uh, 
it, it catch the coverage online? Everything, golfweek.com, and then uh, on my Twitter, at golfweekringler. So, yeah, we will be there in full force for, shoot, I'm leaving in the morning, and I think I'm there for 15 days. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I think the Golf yeah. Channel is doing over 50 hours of coverage or something, which is, you know, it's just yeah. great that that the collegiate program is is getting this incredible exposure uh, that uh, it's long overdue given how uh, so many of these great players are then popping right out on tour. Just about 30 seconds left, Lance. Yeah, there's no question. That the, the talent at the collegiate level is incredible anymore. I mean, I've seen uh, this will be my 16th year of going to the national championships, and the, the style of players has changed so much. I mean, they're, and, and a lot of that has to do with what Tiger Woods started, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, they're just athletes, and, the, and these kids, when you look at them, you, you, they look like, you know, center fielders they look like defensive backs uh they just they don't look like golfers in there they play with no fear and uh and it's showing on the next level of the pga tour there's so many of them that are going out there and and winning right away or contending and and that's not going to stop anytime soon well uh keep posted to lance ringler's twitter and golf week and go lady gators we are rooting for you here at the golf insiders lance thanks so much uh Quick, Kevin, who's your pick? Uh, for this week, I'm going to take Jordan Spieth. I'm going with him, too. Will Justin Perry? Justin Johnson. All right, we're out of here. The Golf Insiders. Bye-bye.